0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello, and welcome to my 2022 Japanese Grand Prix preview episode, baby. First, I'll go over the track and its history here, then, some storylines to follow throughout the weekend, followed by a little um, driver carousel, driver market drama, whatever you like to call it, Um, and then my predictions for the weekend for the overall weekend and my podium predictions so we'll just get right into it I suppose Um, the track itself the Suzuka International racing course one of my favorite circuits on the calendar Um, high speeds high speed corners um, technicality not even like long straights but it's still considered a quote-unquote power track Um, another one of my favorite tracks alongside like and Silverstone um suzuka is amazing it's always a fan favorite i cannot wait for this race but anyways the circuit itself is 5.807 kilometers or 3.608 miles in length the grand prix itself will be contested over 53 laps which will bring out the total distance to 307.471 kilometers or 191.054 miles that's a mouthful The track contains 18 turns, 10 to the right and 8 to the left with one DRS zone down the main pit straight and a bridge. How many F1 tracks can you say you race on a bridge? You know, the opening section when you do the S's and then you go up the hill and then do two solid right hand turns. You got a bridge going over top and then later in the lap when you're going towards 130R, you're going over the bridge. Such a cool thing to see. Um, Suzuka is a fan driver and commentator favorite due to the rewarding of a skillful driver, the track being like a roller coaster with race cars on it. The fast sweeping corners are littered around the circuit. Drivers, excuse me, are always preparing for the next turn. Excuse me again, I'm sorry. Add to the difficulty some of Formula 1's most iconic moments with Senna and Prost, or some overtakes at 130R at the end of the lap and... You have Suzuka as one of the fan favorites, driver favorites, commentator favorites. Everybody loves this track. Like I said, Sen and Prost rivalries, the overtakes at 130R. Oof, what a track. So some storylines to follow this weekend. Budget caps busted. Recording on Monday right now. So um, I have not heard any more news on the budget cap breaches other than the stuff I've already mentioned in my Singapore Grand Prix recap episode. Um, what I gathered over the weekend, if I didn't mention it before, or you haven't listened to it yet, um, two teams have breached the cap: one major offense and one minor. The open secret that Total Wolf has said the people in the paddock are talking about suggests raise. I'm sorry, I'm going to try that again. Have suggested that Red Bull have the major breach offense and Aston Martin have the minor. Minor breaches for under 5% of the 145 million pound budget cap can be penalized by reducing drivers and constructors points and possible suspensions for parts of a Grand Prix weekend, not including the race itself. Major breaches over 5% can be penalized by reducing drivers and constructors points, possible suspensions from Grand Prix events, exclusion from championships, and a reduction in aerodynamic development time for the team. Red Bull personnel are obviously saying that they have no idea what people are talking about and saying that they're under the cap. But every other team boss is silently pointing to them in their interviews, suggesting that teams having a head start and outpacing people is unfair when everyone else has followed the rules. And who else has outpaced everyone for the whole entirety of the season? I'll wait. The information regarding teams being certified as having stayed under or gone over and the penalties caused is due to be released throughout this week so maybe i'll hop on and discuss them if they are earth shattering consequences otherwise i will probably discuss them in the race recap next storyline is nicholas latifi's grid drop and in parentheses i had to put lol um nicholas latifi received a five place grid penalty for his collision with Xiu Guan guanyu in the singapore grand prix which saw both of the drivers retire from the race with the damage sustained from that collision not that it's going to make much of a difference because Latifi won't start much further than P20 and he can't start any further back either. Um, Frederick Vasseur, the alpha male boss, has the iconic quote saying, DNF has nothing to do with luck or bad luck. Sometimes it's a technical issue. Sometimes it was an engine issue. And sometimes it was Latifi. And I think that says it all. That's beautiful mclaren have leapfrogged alpine for p4 in the constructors championship alpine entered the singapore grand prix weekend 21 points ahead of mclaren in the race for fourth in the best of the rest title Um, but after a double dnf weekend both being engine failures and mclaren's strong outing with a fourth and fifth place result the title landscape has shifted for p4 McLaren will have the new side pod and floor upgrades on both cars starting at Suzuka, so the battle could get more interesting than it already has been should McLaren pull closer to the top three teams and pass Alpine in performance on a regular racetrack, Singapore obviously being an anomaly compared to the normal purpose-built, or street circuits even, of the world. We'll see how the upgrades for McLaren um, you know, handle on an actual purpose-built racetrack. The FIA, I'd like to talk about here for possibly being scared to change the result of a race, I guess. Um, Sergio Perez um, received his five-second time penalty at the end of the race. If you haven't listened to the Singapore recap, go back and listen to that. You'll hear more about it than what I'm about to tell you. But uh, (laughs) Sergio Perez received a warning under the first safety car period for the same offense that gave him a five-second time penalty under the final safety car period. The FIA told Red Bull the team pit wall that Sergio Perez needed to maintain the distance normally given under safety cars which is 10 car lengths or fewer and that under the safety car period he needed to follow such rules or he would be penalized that message which that message was relayed to Sergio in the cockpit of the car and he did make up the distance initially but fell back again before the restart of the initial safety car start um and he did the same thing on the final safety car much more noticeably than the first the fia gave perez the warning on the track gave him a reprimand for the first incident and then the five second time penalty for the second incident of the same offense as the original i'd just like them to tell me they're afraid to change the result without actually saying because that's pretty much what they did there their statement was even more laughable if you haven't read it yet basically the first two lines said um regardless of the weather conditions the 10 car length following distance during the safety car period needs to be followed and they do not accept that sergio perez did it wrong the very next sentence said nevertheless we looked at the weather results and understand why absolute joke is the fia next storyline mercedes still trying to win shockingly We only have five races to go this season and we're talking about a winless mercedes team still i ranked the tracks in my singapore grand prix preview where i thought they could win at and this one was a sneaky top three pick to me hamilton has a magnificent history here which i will dive further into with my predictions later on but i think that the fact the track is smooth and undulating like Zandvoort lends itself well to this team this weekend it's red bull title time baby Max Verstappen needs to leave Japan 112 points ahead of Charles Leclerc to be crowned the world champion, world driver's champion anyways. What's needed for Max is a P1 with fastest lap will win it regardless, or a win with Charles Leclerc finishing P3 or lower on the grid. That's simple terms obviously, bunch of other scenarios could occur, that's the basic one. The constructor's title though for Red Bull will have to wait another day. It would, sorry, they would need to leave suzuka with 184 points in hand on ferrari and the best that they could do even with a win and second place finish and ferrari failing to score a single point would be 181 points i think this title will more likely be decided in mexico or brazil with a solid result and good luck for the team here in japan possibly next time out in austin but i personally don't see that happening now let's play a little um musical chairs shall we say um, seeing which seats are left on the driver market carousel and maybe talk about some rumors of drivers who are possibly linked to some of the drives so we're going to go over the teams that are absolutely out of the running for drivers they either have their lineups locked in and i will tell you or that's pretty much it i guess i don't know where i was going with that so we have mercedes done with lewis hamilton and george russell red bull done max verstappen and sergio perez ferrari done carlos signs Charlotte Claire. McLaren. Done. Oscar Piastri. Lando Norris. Alfa Romeo. Done. Valtteri Bottas and Joe Guanio. Aston Martin. Done. We have Lance Stroll, obviously, and Fernando Alonso. So now through the teams that still have seats open or rumors of seats possibly opening up. Alpine. We have Esteban Ocon confirmed, and rumors are suggesting that Pierre Gasly could be announced as the second driver in the Alpine seat for 2023 as soon as the Japanese Grand Prix. I would be shocked if it's that soon, but if you listen to Pierre Gasly's interaction with the team in the post-race radio, um, excuse me, did not sound like a man who plans on coming back to his team next season. I know they hate each other, or at least Alcon hates Gasly. Excuse me again, I'm so sorry. But um, I think the team are too worried about performance and don't care about the personal relationships here. All French lineup at Alpine looks to be the way they're going next season. So if Gasly leaves, that would open up a seat at AlphaTauri. So we'd have Yuki Tsunoda and the only rumors I can find now that Colton Herta is out of the running for a Formula One seat, say Nick DeVries, but he's also rumored for Williams and is a Mercedes reserve driver. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I have not heard any other names, so it makes me feel like AlphaTauri are confident. They're going to land the younger Dutchman. Well, he's not even younger than Verstappen. Just the Dutchman's signature. Apologies. <laughs> then we have Haas. Um, Kevin Magnussen confirmed. Maybe Mick Schumacher or maybe Antonio Giovanazzi or maybe Nico Hulkenberg. We don't know quite yet. The team are having um, Antonio Giovanazzi run some FP1 sessions. He's already run at Monza. He's planned on coming back at at least the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin. I feel like I read he's going to be at another one as well, but I can't remember where else it would have been. Um, Nico Hulkenberg just being the solid set of hands, reliable driver, talked about possibly going next to Kevin Magnussen, talked about that a little more in the last episode as well. But I would like to see Mick stay, but it's not up to me. We'll have to wait and see how that one turns out. And the last team on the grid is Williams. Alex Albon is confirmed with Nicholas Latifi confirmed as out. Um, So the two likely replacements at least the strongest candidates we have nick devries again or logan Sargent, um if you want to believe the rumors anyways Um, nick devries being a mercedes reserve driver having driven for williams at the italian grand prix at monza earlier this season and logan Sargent being a williams junior junior excuse me who just needs to finish in p6 or higher in f2 to have the super license points required to race in f1 which i believe he is on track to do more than that Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this one goes down but if you want to believe all the rumors it sounds like it's going to be Alpine with Alcon and Gasly Alpha Tower with Yuki Sonoda and Nick DeVries Haas with Kevin Magnussen and either Nico Hulkenberg or Antonio Giovinazzi, I think Giovinazzi seems like the more likely option there, and Williams being with Alex Albon and Logan Sargent, that's what the rumors would suggest anyways, if you haven't paid attention to the driver's market so far Go check it out because it's as unpredictable as it gets. So, we'll get into my predictions for the weekend here and a little bit of explanation as to why on each pick. I say Charles Leclerc will score pole position. Honestly, I think Leclerc in qualifying is just fascinating to watch just as Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton when they piece laps together and take miraculous pole positions. Think like Max in Saudi 2021 before that last corner hitting the wall or Lewis at Singapore in 2018 charlotte claire on that level to me for qualifying at least and i think with any hope of the championship in the balance everything will be given by him and the team to at least start ahead of the title title rival he held close at the beginning of the year to prevent his coronation from happening in suzuka at suzuka in japan i'm sorry my next prediction is that mercedes will finish on the podium mercedes have had a monopoly on winning in japan taking victory in every race between 2014 and 2019 the last time we were there this track is a sneaky suit for the silver arrows and i think they will do better than a lot of people expect hamilton will be on the podium in my heads headspace head prediction my fantasy (laughs) Uh, (laughs) anyways next prediction mick schumacher to score points his father michael has one heck of a track record here winning more times at this circuit than anyone else has won at any other particular circuit plus i think this track suits the haas car more than the ones we've been at recently um so couple that with the fact that mick is driving for his f1 seat and i think he'll grab some points in japan my next prediction i believe sergio perez will finish outside the top five and i will guarantee it this time He's better on street circuits than purpose-built tracks, and I always forget that. Um, Perez's best races this season have come on these street circuits. Think the pole in Jeddah, second in Baku, winning in Monaco and Singapore. And I just think that his form prior to Singapore will show at Suzuka, and he will be well off the pace of his teammate and off the pace of the other two constructors in Mercedes and Ferrari. My last prediction is there will be no safety car in the race suzuka is a track with some hefty runoff areas and it's easy to get to the access roads meaning i think even if there's a crash we shouldn't have a full course safety car unless there's a set of debris scattered all across the track i could see a vsc though for sure my race rewind episode tomorrow will tell you about that but my podium prediction for this race i think Charles Leclerc will win, Lewis Hamilton in P2, and Max Verstappen finishing P3 to round out the podium. The championship will go on for another day. If you like this, please give me some stars or likes or subscribe or any kind of engagement is appreciated. Um, I will be back again with my race rewind tomorrow and the recap of the Japanese Grand Prix as soon as the race is over. Or maybe the Monday after, sorry, as soon as it's over. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that's all I got for you this time. I will talk to you next time. Bye bye.